Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dad So Hard. This is your co-host, Vinny Dunleavy, and we are early on in the stages of season four, where we are exploring the concept, why do dads and why do men dad hard? If this is your first time listening, welcome and welcome to Dad So Hard Nation. If you are a long-term fan, a second-time listener, or one of our many, many followers on Instagram, Dad So Hard Podcast, uh, on Twitter, Dad's Award Pod, or if you have sent us an email to Dad's Award Podcast at gmail.com, from the bottom of my heart, on behalf of me and my co host, Danny McCartney, I would like to personally thank you. We have been on this journey for nearly four years now where we are really exploring fatherhood, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the things that we enjoy, our trials and tribulations. And I am excited to bring you yet another great father. This guy is not only a father of three, and they are older. They're older cats. So my kids, they're still young. This guy has already been there, done that. He has seen all those stages of fatherhood and now is raising three young adults. He, is a, he has done this while being a business executive, while traveling the country, while becoming a social media influencer, and more importantly, in the last two years, while putting his life out there in the public spotlight um, on the new season or the latest seasons of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City on Bravo. His name is Mr. Seth Marks. I believe he's a role model for all. Great guy, funny, inspirational, and I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. Cue music. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Dad So Hard. This is season four. I am your host, Vinny Dunleavy. Uh, and this is the season where we are exploring the conversation, what makes men dad hard? Uh, hopefully you are on the journey with us. I am thrilled today with the guest I have. He is Mr. Seth Marks. He goes by on Instagram, Seth Stock. Uh, and I'm, he's going to explain to me why I got that wrong. But he is a father of what I believe are three kids. Am I correct on that, Seth? Yes, Vinny. Three, three kids. Some people in this country may know two of them, but there's three. But he's an entrepreneurial life coach. Uh, he is an, a dad influencer in the world of Instagram. And if you watch anything on Bravo, if you're one of the guys on Bravo who's a real dad, real men watch Bravo, I watch Bravo, we talk about Bravo. He is also currently in the season of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Please welcome a dad so hard nation first with Mr. Seth Marks. Thank you. Vinny. Oh, that's my, then I have to cheer. I'm doing like the fake cheering, huh? like as if there's an audience. Oh, awesome. They're here though. They're listening. They're listening, Seth. Amazing. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It, 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 it is uh, my pleasure. So number one, if, if you haven't listened uh, to watch Seth on Instagram, and it's Seth Stock, what I have been thrilled about in the last year that I discovered him is this franchise. I'm going to call it a franchise and a brand. I emailed you a hashtag that I think you should start using, uh, but he does these great bits uh, called note to younger self. And sometimes uh, he's casually giving a note to younger self. Like it's a, I find sometimes Seth, there are like a personal, I do like, I'm just going to give myself some coaching advice. And other times you are screaming at me. And when I watch it on an Insta story, I'm like, Seth is screaming at Vinny being like, God, oh, what are you doing? And so I want to jump this conversation off Seth with in the world of, why Seth Stock? Because your last name is Marks. And why this note to younger self? Bring me through. How did we get here? Uh, great question. So first of all, so the Seth Stock, uh, although my birth name is Seth Marks, what brought me to Utah, Vinny, is I get involved in a lot of turnaround executive work in, in retail, specifically off-price Got an opportunity to be a, uh, to help run Overstock.com out of Utah, which brought me there. From Chicago to Utah, we moved Park City. That's how my wife ultimately, you know, got entrenched in Utah, became a housewife, Meredith Marks, that whole thing. Amazing. We love Utah. Um, in the meantime, my kids were teenagers while we we're in Utah. I noticed they were tuning me out more and more. And it was like, whoa, I'm losing the locker room there, Vinny. <laughs> Uh, you know, what happens to head coaches when they lose the locker room? They, they, they die. They die. The head coaches, they get transferred. They get transferred. Yes. But the greatest head coaching job in the world, if you like to mentor and teach and evolve, you can never be fired as the head coach of your children. That's how I approach it every day. And I love I, that. 
and, and, but I need to evolve and get my head out of my ass to be up, to get to their level. And that takes a lot of work. That's dadding hard. That's real. Sense. That's no, that, that I 100% agree. Agree. We have to unlearn as much shit as we have to learn. And that's the problem with dads. We grew up in the most fucked up time ever, Vinny. Like, yep. I mean, we, we, you're like, we're the same age. I mean, that Archie Bunker lifestyle was real. It was a real, I mean, at the seventies, like, I mean, you know, we grew up with house parties where parents are smoking and drinking and they're exhaling in your face and they're like, shut up kid. And you're in the other room. I'm like, I don't and like now it's a whole nother, like, could you imagine having somebody blowing smoke out of a cigarette in some kid's face? Like that happened in the seventies, like half all the, the time. Airplane, the whole back half of the airplane was smoking. Oh, the whole thing. I, 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 people are like, I'm like, no, I remember being on a plane where it's like the smokers are in the back and you're in the front and you're like, oh, great. So it's so the clear air or the, the 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 dirty shower. Every college, how many college showers did you wake up on a Saturday morning, and while you showered, that was, you could smell the nicotine shower off of you. That yeah. is a night. If you were yeah. in the college in the '90s, anywhere in this country, you, like, you could not breathe going into a bar. <laughs> you couldn't. It was a, in, it is an impossible feat. We grew up with the dads, the the, the, the whole, the, the the number one, like the core value of being a dad was telling their son or daughter, shake it off, shake it off, yeah. right? Don't be yeah. a pussy, shake it off. So- 100%, there was no, there was no, there was like, just move, move on, get over it, get over it, beats off. Yeah. There's a lot of that, Not no emo, there was no emo. Zero, zero. And that's one of the biggest things we got to unlearn is- how do, as dads, how do we become way more empathetic and emotionally attuned to the individuality of our child? I have three. They are totally different. We cannot commoditize our children, which was somewhat happened to me as a kid. Like so well, that's what I wanted. So before we get back to the notes you younger self, that's what I want to unpack. So talk a little bit about your, where you grew up and a little bit about your own relationship what I'm interested in is how much of our own personal fatherhood, how much of it do we replicate, duplicate, or replace from what we saw as fatherhood growing up? So talk a little bit about your own, with either your mother and your father, like what was your relationship with them and them with you when you were a kid? Oh, that's a great question. So my mom is a rapidly evolving, like Zen uh, way be ahead of her time, super spiritual, all about balance. And she, she was like the, this amazing force of energy that like, I just amazing. Um, yep. like so mostly attuned. I had Bobby Knight and Oprah Winfrey as oh my, my word. So now what did both of them, were they both in the house? Was one working, was one not working double income or was your mom like, who was yeah. at home? Who's not at home? Dad was a hustler. He was out by the, you never saw him in the morning. He was out the door by 5 a.m., yep. 5.30, you know, and made sure we saw that. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Then he came in, you know, a little late at night and he worked really hard. And then that's why, you know, you're out of energy. That's one of the hardest things that dad, you yep. work 80 hour work weeks, you come home and your kid wants to throw baseball. And you're like, nah, I'm going to go, uh, lay on the freaking couch right now. And that, and that's a decision. When I look back in my yeah. life, man, how many times I would love that back. Yeah. Well, did, and did you, at the time, I, I, my experience was both of my parents both worked. I don't ever remember having them having a conversation with me about parenting. And like, you just sort of accepted how they were. And sometimes now when my kids ask me about like, they like want more Roblox or they want more money on a video game or something. I'm like, I am not paying you any more money. I have a job for a reason. The reason why I'm not here when you can't see me is because I have to go to work because I need a direct deposit to pay for your stuff. So no. And I, I try to be very transparent of like, I don't do this just because I love my job. I'm doing it because I need to, you want shit. You want a house, you want clothes. So I try to be like, there's a trade-off of why I do what I do. But it's like, if you wanted me and my, if you wanted your mother and I both around, we're not living in this house. So like, what do you want? But I think back then, it, it, in growing up in it, it wasn't, I, I don't think we ever really talked about money. Like I, I say to my friends, I thought growing up, we were a rich family. And we were very like middle-class, we're not even we're, we're blue, like very blue collar working class. But I always thought, my parents always made us feel like we had everything. And that was sort of like, when I think about it now, I feel like me and my wife are more upper, like not upper, upper class sounds terrible, but we both have successful in corporate jobs. 
our kids are definitely spoiled and have everything. Um, and now it's like, oh shit, like I don't, I don't want to ruin them by making them think it's that easy. And then having that conversation, but I'm also trying to be like, get some respect out of them, which is like- They, they learn, as you know, Vinny, the no, no, no student or pupil learns better than through vision. Like kids, especially children, they're such visual learners. And so the actions, like think about when you reflect about what you learn from your parents. And my mom, by the way, to answer that question, full-time homemaker, toughest uh, job on the planet most important job on the planet, right? I mean, you're yep. shaping the future. You're shaping the future with how we parent. And that's why this country's so fucked up because there's so many fucked up parents, especially dads, because they haven't uh, yeah. at the rate. They're not as emotionally gifted as women. So we have to work really hard to de-layer this tough guy's skin and get into our, you know, all this inner self and aligning the chakras and really understand that stuff. So when you see what drives so like coming out of your childhood and then and and maybe this happened before you had kids. But when did you was it a purposeful decision to say, you know what, I'm done with watching other guys and other men in the world be absent. I want to show how you can be present. Was that something that you always had? Like, did you always sort of stand for something as a kid and always have sort of a, a thing? Or did you just sort of when you had your kids go like what happened where you decided to not? Because you could do this privately, right? Like, I'm always interested in, you could do it privately. You've chosen to go on Instagram and actually say, I want to take my opinion and, and, and inspire others. Like, what was that? Why? So uh, I'll answer that too, because you asked that earlier, is when my kids became teen teenagers, Instagram was just starting. Oh, and yeah. I, I saw them enamored in it. I'm like, what are you guys on? And I wanted to learn what that was. So I went on it. I saw how much time they spent around on engaged with Instagram. And I could tell they would tune me out as a parent, you know, just as they're teenagers, they start knowing more than we do. Yep. And I was starting to say, fuck, I, this is like the time they really need to learn right now. Cause you could start making really bad choices when you're a teenager that could fuck you for life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I didn't want to stop trying to teach them. So I just got on Instagram and said, note to younger self. And I, my first three followers were my three kids. <laughs> hey, did you, did you think like, so when you first came up with that, I'm fascinated. Was it, was it literally off the cuff? Like you're like, note to younger self, like make sure your kids don't forget who you are. Yeah. Well, I didn't want, I was like, how do I say dear Reed Brooks and Chloe? Like, and I didn't want to single them out. I wanted them to think maybe I was just providing things that I learned along the way. Yep. I mean, so, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. And I, and I will visualize for you, I'm going to manifest it. There's no doubt in my mind in the next two to five years, there's going to be a book on a bookshelf that's going to say Seth Marks, Notes to Younger Self. And it's going to be a collection of essays. Now it's going to require you to write some essays because I don't think nobody wants to read one-liners, but I do believe that book could sell and be a, and maybe a good bathroom book. Because it may be like, you know, I'm, yes. taking a, I'm taking it in my bathroom break. I need to be some inspiration. But I do think that book is out there. I'll sell one to you. I'll give it to you. I'll pay the 25 <laughs> bucks. And then the rest will be in Dollar Tree. <laughs> Listen, I'm happy, I'm happy to support on Amazon. I buy all, I'll buy all books. Uh, I don't, I'm not a reader, but I will buy that book. I would read them. So now to unpack that, because I feel like what I was, when I was watching, when I was looking at them over today, and I kept thinking to myself, when you say it and, you, and you're trying to get people to... You're, you're admitting that there was a problem I had. You're sort of going back and you're saying, you know, I'm confident enough to say I may have fucked something up and I want to change it. And I think there, and I think there's a real level of it for anybody who's read these. And I'm not going to read them now, but everybody, go look at them. they're really they're, they, they're real a spectrum of like deep shit. Some of it's real heavy stuff. Some of it's very superficial. What is it about you? Have you always been confident enough to be like, this is who I am. I am going to share that because I think there's a lot of men who could be in jobs and our, our men are harder to admit the emotional side or show the emotional side. And you are very raw about that stuff, right? It can come across funny when you're doing it, but if you really listen to what you're saying, it's like deep shit. It is like, listen, you fucked up today. That's okay. Do not like, remember yeah. you're going to fuck up and that like, you, you're almost like you're really forgiving yeah. yourself. Uh, I, you know what? It was the moment um, that I went through my personal issues with my wife when we got separated and I had to, under, to do such a deep dive on myself. And this is some guys call it a midlife crisis. 
but if you're uh, have if you have the some force of blessed energy you can, you can find that time to be, really be a spiritual awakening so it's only been a few years for me that i've had to unlearn what i say really my second book vinnie would be unlearn tough love we had we grew up in the tough love that whole generation and it 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 does not bode well for you know, for men getting attuned in, like you said, the emo, I mean, the EQ, it's like, we're not, they don't teach EQ in school. We're only going to learn it from our mom and our dads tell us to put it away when we were growing so up. It's, it's interesting because when you say that, like, I can see you going from, you know, that you have this awakening where you're like, I need to get in touch with myself. Did you get in touch with yourself? And it feels like you get, because it feels like when you share this advice, you're really authentically excited to share it. it I get the sense in talking to you that it was really a moment of like, of, of awakening of going, wow, like, what did I miss out on? Like, cause sometimes you say them in a bit, when I feel like I'm being yelled at by you, I feel like I'm like, oh, Seth's angry at himself. So this is like Seth going, uh, it's like a therapy session of Seth yelling at himself from like something he did 10 years ago. But I, but I, I'm like, this guy is like, I'm like, oh, he did something that nobody's going to know about that now he's apologizing for. But uh, like, do you get the sense that like, that's excites you? Cause you're like, wow, if I only knew this, like, it almost like you're really like, fuck, we should all be more emotional dudes because this, our lives would be better. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's every single lesson is it's an aha moment of something that happened in that within 20, I usually just whip out my phone wherever I am. You could see my backgrounds, their airports, their sidewalks, their warehouses. Their- I have noticed a number of, uh, I've noticed one particular pool suitcase I don't know what kind of brand of suitcase, but I'm like, I'm, really, I'm like, how is he doing this? I'm like, oh, he's pulling a suitcase. I'm like, I got it. I got it. He's, this is on the go fast. It's good yeah. content, people. It's how you make content. First take, unless I stutter too much, I'll do a second take. And, and it's just lessons that I learned. And I like, oh my God, I got to tell my kids this. And yeah. everybody else is now following me. You know, like, why should everyone have to get their teeth kicked in if there's ways to prevent it? Well, that I think that, and that's, that is the, it's the advice for guys when we get together, I find nobody wants, we all, we'll all talk about sports or work or other shit, but like, and it's like, Oh, how's your marriage? It's fine. And I think it's being able to push and say, listen, not every marriage is perfect. Not every life is not every relationship with my kids. My kids are not always perfect. And sometimes I don't want to be around my kids. And sometimes I want to hug them and love them. And that's okay. But I think we, I always find we have to, we have to be able to role model the fact that it's okay to say that. And it doesn't make you bad. doesn't make you terrible. But like we, I can't grow if I can't make a mistake. And if we have a tolerance, to, if we can support each other and go, well, what are you struggling? It's like, you don't want to make it so therapeutic, but it is just a way of talking and being like, cool, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to think oh, you're less of a man, right? And, and I think to that point, there's an interesting thing of, that I always like to explore this idea of masculinity is so tied into what you were saying, like being a tough guy. And then can mas- masculinity, like talking about doing your daughter's hair, does not make you less of a man or less masculine, right? And like, but it takes a strong man to say that. And there's a confidence in that, right? There's to me more confidence than there is weakness. Yeah, and I think it's generational. I really think we're at the, we're at kind of that bridge to the, I think the millennials and the Gen Z will be full blown way. It just gets better. We evolve, I think so much emotionally each generation, but you're to your point, like, for me, I didn't get there early enough. So to what you're doing, like I missed out on being like attuning as deep as I could to my daughter, right? Or to my my son who's different than my other son. And because I wasn't as attuned, but I spent tons of time with them, but I could have been better with it. So I was gonna say is when you think about then your expectation, because you're in this, you're, you sort of, and my kids are still young. And I think what's interesting, your, so your kids are more on the adulthood side of post the 15 high school adolescents or older. How did your expectation, like when you think about now, what your expectation was becoming a father t- like 20 plus years ago. And now how would you think about what it was and how has it changed? Uh, I, I think there's more time to spend with your kids now. It, yeah. you know, which is, is like the most precious thing when you, you're, you're going through it. You don't, you hear this grow. they grow up so fast. Enjoy your time with the kids. Every time I heard that as a father, when my kids were little, I never, ever, ever appreciated it. 
when you look back and I get emotional about it, how that time is the most that it is the most valuable time you will ever spend in your life is how are you interacting with your children? When you think about where you are today, are you in, 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 in this world now is like, I would say you have to live tomorrow. You screw up tomorrow. You want to be better. Tomorrow's the next day. There's, we all screw up in a lot of ways. It feels like you're more proud of where you're proud of yourself today for where you're, for where you are today. Your heart clearly notes the younger self. You're hard on yourself for where you were, but you're proud of where you are today. That's the feeling that I, oh, that I get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can't rewind. You can restart and you can do that every single day. And for me, I don't get me wrong. My kids would tell you I was a a great father because I was if they said, let's go play catch. I did it every single time. If they had a figure skating event or a basketball, I was there every single time. But could I put my arm around them after the event or the game and, and had a more constructive conversation? Yes. In the mom world, like I always found when my wife was pregnant, there was a lot of let me go online, read all these books. And there's a lot of more women on women judgment. I, 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 in my mind, I just don't I don't see women on women supporting each other as much as they should. I think there's a lot of they blame men. But I, I just think in a man's world, though, like when I became a father, I didn't reach out and do a lot of research on what does it mean to be a dad? I, I wasn't looking at other people's opinions on it. But like and I, and I think it's an interesting construct to unpack is like you in particular are very strong on not judging yourself and not listening to those judgments but has that always been like when you think about how, where you were as a teenager and then when you became in your 20s and now later in life were you always that confident in yourself or did you have to at one point go I don't give a shit about other people I'm gonna do the life I want like because I don't I, a part of me feels like you can get there, but I get the sense that it was maybe always there. A little bit, a little bit was always there. I always had a little, you know, I just was, didn't give a shit, you know, I, I didn't see the importance in things that still, thankfully I was gifted the stuff that you would say, will this matter five years from now that they tell you to say, as you're losing your mind, you say to yourself, <laughs> will this matter five years from now? And it's usually 99% no, somehow innately, without me that will this matter five years or now was kicking in my head at three years old, four years old, five years old, six years old. But my conundrum was I wanted to be liked, yeah. which that was a huge conflict because wanting to be liked is hard to be authentic when you behave that way. So I, yeah. I compromise authenticity a lot. And, and then at some point, really not until later in life. And I was like, fuck all y'all, I, I, I don't give a shit if you don't like me because I'm going to be who I am every freaking day. And if you don't like me, then you're not meant to be in my life. Yep, love that. And then the quality of the humans that you find yourself around, it's like, holy shit, this is so much better. Like, I that, that, that's what I love about when you do your notes to younger self, admittingly, exactly the same way. And I think to myself is like, I don't, I would, part of me is like, I want to tell myself to be different if I was younger, but I also know if I would go back in a time machine, if I changed anything, I may not be where I am today. Right. So like, there's part of me that's like struggling with, sometimes I look back and I'm like, if I only was like more confident and didn't like doubt myself and want to be liked and all this other bullshit, I put myself on, maybe I wouldn't have met my wife. Right. Like, and then it's like, I love my wife and I love my kids. I have allowed myself to not harbor or judge myself to go, I should have done it differently, but I want to learn from it. And I want to at least share my own story to say, listen, it, you're not perfect, but if you, if you're happy where you are today, then you learn something from it and be happier tomorrow because that's the journey we're on, right? It's a journey. I don't want to say I should have done things differently 20 years ago. I wouldn't be where I am today. And I love where I am. Like now I'm like, I love where I am today. Fuck it. I'm not worrying about it, but it took me, I mean, I'm so I'm 47. It took me probably like around my, I think I met my wife when I was 30, got 33, 34 was when I probably made a big pivot towards having actually more confidence. And I would say my meeting my wife gave me confidence in a way that I hadn't had it before. And she really put me on a different path of learning myself and then 
in our own journey of having kids and everything, like figuring it out and, and fighting for it and trying to have kids, you, you were, you just get to that part where you're like, I don't care. I'm doing it my way. It, yeah. If you, if, you know, the sad part of that is, is like, do people don't always get there. Right. And so Correct. I got there at four, I got there late mid I'm 49. I got there really two years ago, Vinny at 47, you're blessed as can be. Cause I have my kids were already out of the house before I got emotionally attuned and really in touch with my EQ. I mean, I was a disciplined type, you know, hustle guy. I taught them that. Thank God my wife was like my mom, had that Oprah Winfrey thing going on. Just tell us the truth. We'll never get mad at you if you tell us the truth. And so our kids would tell us tell us everything. I might have to walk out of the room. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. want to hear it. And my wife would say, I'll, I'll tell your father later. And she would deal with the truth. And that culture change, you know, and I look back on that, you know, thank God for my wife, Meredith, for keeping my yeah. kids evolving at a speed. Like but I, but I, what I think about is so exciting for you is I think that's where the opportunity is, is your journey got you to this place. And now you're able to share it with other people to help other. It's like we're all on this journey to get to have to have fatherhood evolve for everybody. And I think uh, that's to me what's exciting about it. And that's why I wanted to have this this these kind of conversations, because I think guys who are in their, in, you know, probably not high school kids, but if you're, you're, you're in college or in your, in your twenties and you're thinking about like, do I want to have kids? You're, we all know we're going to make mistakes and nothing's perfect, but like, it's okay to actually want to say like, I want to have kids. Like so many guys, people go like, Oh, most guys don't want to be married. I'm right. like, well, why, why are we in a world that assumes a guy doesn't want to be married? Like, why can't we assume a 26 year old kids? Like, yeah, fuck. I want four kids. I want my kids and I want them now. Like, why is it? We live in a world where it's like, no, most guys want to wait till they're 39 and have the 22 year old, you know, uh, uh, hot wife that and, and they, they, like, that is like the assumption. Every guy wants that. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be doing I don't want to see a diaper in my house. Like, I mean, I had my kids. I was I had my let my son was born when I was 40. And people are like, do you want more kids? I go, my knees are killing me. So I made a few diapers at the age of 40. They're like I, I, I give all respect to any man over the age of 40 who's having a baby. Because when you are on your knees doing diapers, it is pain that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about it. You're in a park. And, but like people do it. And I'm like, no, like I should have done that. Why didn't somebody tell me this? Well, you, there's a lot of benefits being older as an older, like you're way more evolved because you're an evolver. Vinny Dunleavy is an evolver, right? And that's the fundamental core value we all have to get to. We have to commit to evolving. That means the cross, the cross being a husband, being a, being a, being yeah. a father, being an, you know, a, a professional, whatever. We got to fucking evolve. Were you always an evolver? I was always, I would you say me. I feel like as a child. So I think I was always on the, I would describe the, at the age of 40, I was probably on the, I think I was on the outside looking in. So I, part of what I've talked about on the podcast is, uh, and I'll do a quick update for you on this is I had a big hormone discovery when I was 38, 39 years old. When we tried to have kids, I went through a lot of tests and I discovered that my body did not produce any testosterone. So uh, I had always had a very slow puberty and went through a lot of like, there was a lot of things that hindsight is explained by that. However, when you're like 39, 40 years old and you're, you know, the doctor's saying to you, you have no testosterone. It was a real mental like, what does that mean? Like, testosterone means you're a man. There's a lot of stuff wrapped in that. Uh, and then in the last seven years, I've gone through a couple of different therapies because I had to have kids. So I had to switch different treatments. And now I take testosterone and which is a, it's a whole different journey of like hormone therapy. Um, so to me, I think I was always, I, for a long time in my life, always felt like I didn't fit in and was trying to understand human behavior because I didn't think I was, I wasn't sure who I was with and I was always exploring things. And I think I became, it's what drove me to understand human behavior. And like my, I think I, that, that made me more emo and I think forced my emotional IQ because it was more of like a self-discovery of like, I don't understand why this person's laughing at that joke or why this guy's doing this, why that girl's doing this. And then when I started taking testosterone with sort of, I call it, um, uh, I call it going through puberty at 40 uh, because at 40 years old, I started taking testosterone and I woke up overnight and like there was tension that was shedded insecurities. Like it was a real eye opening moment to me 
of like what it was like to be feeling like a normal man in the world where I describe it of like being on your period, but not knowing you're on your period. Like I, I know what it's like for a woman to be on their period. When my wife's on her period. I'm like, I got you, girl. Like I know it because when your hormones are out of whack, you're up and down. And I was up and down my entire life. How many unicorns like you are there? Like you've got uh, the it's, so I'm learning. It's it's uh, not as common as you. It's more. Well, so the issue is there's a lot of low T. If you watch NBC Nightly News, you see a lot of low 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 T advertising for guys with low testosterone. Yeah. Most of what happens though is a lot of low testosterone. It goes goes down when you're older, but you're getting yourself you're getting therapy to get yourself back to a place you were. I was getting therapy to get me to a place I never was before. Wow. So. And if, if I say to a lot of people who have, and I don't know, my wife notices the difference. Some of my friends do, but like my voice, if you know the Peter Brady, when it's time to change, it's time to rearrange, my voice cracks. Like I, it's gotten deeper in the last 10 years. Uh, there's a lot of like what testosterone does physically, things have changed, but I'll be, in, I'll be in meetings and like my voice, people think it's like, I need a glass of water. I'm like, no, my voice is cracking and I'm 47 years old. So this is what, if you if you wanted to see a 16 year old at 47 can you uh, sing the peter brady one it just as a refresher oh it's like when it's time to change it's time to rearrange <laughs> that's a crack <laughs> who you are and what you're gonna be i love the brady bunch i, I can do that i can do that for, for forever i am more emo i definitely am a cry baby my hormones though i could cry you before we got on air you noted that you are openly a, a acceptable crier Yes, I like to cry, think, laugh every single day if we can. But you know. I, I am a hardcore crier. I anybody tells a story, I will tear up. Uh, I cry in front of my kids. I don't think it's a bad thing for a, a father to cry in front of their kids. But I hear stories of like people like, oh my god, the first day of time I saw my dad cry. I was like, uh, my kids see me break down on a daily basis. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, that's a. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but like, uh, definitely a. a it happens. It's a great thing. The great you're, thing. I, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind. Yeah, no, not only not mind, but the, what your teeth, that's one of those things we talked about full circle. It's like Letterman when he came, brings the joke back <laughs> from the beginning it, is they learn with their eyes. Correct. They see you, they, they see, see what you cry. do. Yeah. But they see dad crying. It's, like, it's okay to cry. What, what does that then mean? It's okay to feel. And that's what happened to us is we, as young, when our generation wasn't okay to feel and cry, you Correct. know, it's things that today we should be crying about. Well, so, we, that, so I managed my daughter's soccer team. And when the girls get like this girl got hit in the face over the weekend uh, at a game, which is not a comfortable thing to do. And a lot of parents, you run up like, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And I'm like, oh, listen, that hurt cry. Let those tears out. It yeah. is not, the pain will not go away unless you scream and it is okay to cry. Do not worry about it, girl. Like, go to the bench. Like, there's nothing I can do to take the pain away, but let the tears out. I'm going to tell you, it is okay to yell and scream. Like, so sometimes my daughter, like, my son, he likes to throw at, like, the language in our house is uncontrolled. So when my kids get pissed, what I'm trying to do is go, you just dropped an F-bomb. Now, instead of getting upset about the F-bomb, I'm going to say, you know what? You're mad. Get it out. Get it out. And now we'll, and once you're out, once you're done, now we'll address what the reaction is. And I say, you have the right to be upset. You have the right to be angry, but you do not, you do not have the right to look at me and drop yeah. an F-bomb. That is not, I am, I live in this house. I own this house. That is not, but I go, but I understand being, you, you can hate me. You could be upset at me, but you're not going to say that. You're not going to say to younger self. Note to younger self. And I'm obsessed with this as a core, like a core value, constitutional note to younger self principle, unwavering is to not react, sometimes do not react, process it, okay, and then respond. And sometimes we don't, you it's know, so you've hard. heard this, but they, we don't call them emergency reactors. We call them emergency responders, and they're the most composed, heroic humans in this country. And just learn from them as a father, and then create that. If you do that. That's what you're doing. Like you just, that's the, the, well, you just I mean, I, listen, let, let's just be real. That that's point. what I aspire to Seth. Most of my reactions are, I scream just as loud. I'm Italian and Irish. And I, it, it goes the next day. I'm like, what happened? I'm fine. And <laughs> so I am trying to, 
uh, and it's funny because we've I've talked about this with a couple other dads in other episodes where you transcend your work life into your uh, like when you find a moment where the way you present yourself to the world and the way you work, you sort of go, you know what, I'm just going to be like that with my family. And I'm just going to be one person everywhere and see how it works. And what I've realized is this is more on the negative side is when I'm at work and I'm emailing or texting, I'm a very much like get the email in, get it out. I want a tight inbox. Boom, 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 boom. I'm a fast responder. But the reason why I'm like that is I'm an emotional person and I emotionally react to everything in the moment. So I, if my kids are doing something, jump on it. If I fight with my wife, it's like, ah, I'm like in the moment of it. And I have to learn, hit the pause button. And, and, and not only my dad life and all aspects of like, sometimes I like, get the email and I don't need to respond to that email. Maybe it's better if I don't walk away, but that's a let my, I can't, my notes, younger self on a daily basis is fucking hit pause, stop, do not respond. Think if you want to respond later and then maybe revisit it and then respond. Yeah. But I can't much easier said than done. And I fail at, I fail, I fail at it on a daily basis, but I also know tomorrow's a new day. Like, yeah, that's it. That's the evolution, you know, and then being self-aware to know what you need to work on, man, what a gift that is. You're exactly who you, you know, when, when you hit that moment and when you hit it, it sounds like in your mid thirties, like, or where you stop, where you became exactly who you're supposed to be. That, that's what I, well, at least what I thought I was. That's what I, you look back, that, there was a, that was, it was a pivot point. It was, it was one of those moments that got me to the next part of the journey, right? But, but when you recognize that, like, because you're evolving, like you're, you're you can't wait. I'm, I'm, I, do you have mood swings? Do you get oh, really- Oh, terribly, like, terribly mood swings, yeah. Like really low? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go, I'll go like, I can't, uh, I tell people that uh, I have to have a thousand things going on because when it's silent, I don't like the silence. Silence to me is like the enemy because that means I need to deal. I need to start unpacking the onion that I don't want to unpack. And one day I, one day I will probably unpack it, but like, I'm not there yet. So I, I like to keep myself busy. And, uh, but I also grew up like my parents, when I look at who I am today, it is a direct relation to my father and my relationship with them where they both had two to three jobs volunteered in the community they put a lot of what I struggle with is my parents put a lot of other people before our family. So they did a lot of stuff. Like they were very involved in the community. They did a million different things. Everybody loved them and all this stuff, but it was like, we were more a team and then we weren't necessarily like a family unit where we would come home. I mean, I was, you know, a definition of a latchkey kid a lot of times where I didn't have a babysitter. I'd come home. They'd be at like, they, and they listen, they provided. What's and, so I don't, what is a latchkey kid? Oh, a latchkey kid is when you're home after school by yourself and uh, you have like the la- like a latchkey is a kind of uh, a key to a house so that like nobody can get in or out because you're like by yourself in the house without a babysitter. So you're a latchkey kid. Like nobody can get you out of the house. You were that, at what age were you taking care of yourself like that? Oh, uh, I would argue probably like by the time like third, second or third grade. Whoa. So like- I was very self-sufficient. Yeah, my both. So my my father was a police officer. My mother was a nurse and they worked like two different. They worked other cycles and then they also started like other jobs and volunteering. And it was like they constantly could not stop going. Amazing. And they were like, if you're home and you're alive, that's fine. We went to school. My mother's attitude was like, if you're dying, if you're not dying, you're going to school. Me and my brother had perfect attendance for like all these years. We were the kids that like we'd show up coughing. They're like, he's not dead. Put him in school. There was no there was no option. No option. Like what kid in high school gets like the perfect attendance award? I'm like, I was the loser. I was like, how did I not? Did I really like not miss a day? That's what doesn't matter five years from now. I wish I ditched. I wish I did more Ferris Bueller's. Seth, the the note to yourself, the anxiety I had about being late to school. I was like, oh my God, I can't be, can't be late. I can't be late. And I'm like, what fucking loser I was. I was like, who wants to be early for school? And I would get my buddy, my buddy, Joe, my, my neighbor, Joe walked down the street. He was so much cooler than me and laid back. And I'd be like, Joe, Jill's late. She's late for picking us up. What do we do? Do we walk? How do we get to school? He's like, chill the fuck out. I'm like, but we can't be late. He's like, why? I'm like, because that's, and I went to, I grew up Catholic. So I went to Catholic, uh, before high school, I went to a Catholic school. And so I, I got beat into the rules, all the rules, all the rules. And I was like, oh, what's going on? So now, now I'm more of like, I don't care anymore. I'm like, I'm just going to show up. 
You'll find me when you find me. But to balance that interesting lesson, Vinny, because the note to younger self, it is actually note to younger self on that in life from that, what you just said, note to younger self, I'm being late. Note to younger self, don't give a fuck about being late when you have a valid reason. Great. That, that's, yes, yes. Don't worry about that because you're going to be honest about why you were late. If the person doesn't appreciate it, fuck them. You were honest about it. If they do appreciate it, that's a friend or somebody who's mostly attuned and understands. So that's a quality person you're talking to. But if you're late for no fucking reason, get your head out of your ass. Well, it's actually funny you said because I it's one of the things I say to people now. I'm like, listen, if there's a real reason, like people understand it. But I, and that gets to back to the authenticity of being yourself. If right. you're confident in yourself, and I find that, and you're authentic, people don't care. People, like, right. I don't care. But if yeah. you're bullshitting me, then I'm going to be like, Bull, don't bullshit a bullshitter. Right. Like, stop, stop. It took longer for the flat white and the egg white bites. And then I decided I want to fill my cart with gas. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> stop. You're like, and, and then, then, I, then I realized, oh, I should probably be at work. I'm like, yes, that's why you're now. It's like 11 o'clock. Really? I was talking to my friend Vinny, and that went another 20 minutes. I, 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 I'm like, oh, you can say you, can say you had something to do. You can't send a text and just like, give me a heads up. A couple other things I want to power through towards the end here. So I'm going to do some power questions. In the last, in this past week, let's give an example of something you failed at this past week that you're giving yourself a note to younger self. What's, what's in the last thing, 72 hours? What are you going? Shit, that's a note. What's occurred in your life? In, incredibly timely question. Like, but, but my wife will, will tell me things that I sometimes will let, will, will repeat that I'm not supposed to repeat, uh, you know, and I'll forget that I wasn't supposed to repeat it or, <laughs> uh, or sometimes I'll do it thinking it's funny. Uh, your wife can talk to my wife about the amount of shit that I'm not supposed to say about her in, pu- in it, public. It, 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 it's wrong. It's we're wrong. We are no, wrong. I, I own it. I own it. Not, not good. Not good. Yeah. So the note to younger self is when your significant other asks you to not repeat something, lock that up and dial so in and protect that because it fucks with trust when you do that. You know, it hurts the relationship. It does, but sometimes it can get a good laugh. And sometimes you're like angry at them and you're like, you know what? You screw with me. I'm going to. And sometimes it's a nice little dig. I, I said, I go, listen, it was wrong. But I was and my excuse is I was pissed off and it was an easy way of getting back at you. Doesn't make it right. Does not make it right. And I apologize. But it's not it's not happening because I'm not thinking of I'm not like an idiot. Like, oh, it's my mouth is running. But it's coming. From, if you really dissect the reason why you're saying it is because somehow you're like, she told me not to, but right now I don't give up. Boom, done. Right, but that is that more damaging than we think? Does one hundred percent correct? Correct, but, but that, but if, if you uh, you're one hundred percent, and then that's where you have to have that conversation to at least be aware of it, and then I can yeah. say I can own it. I got <laughs> it. It's incredible you. that both of us are on the same on that. It's such a uh, I, uh, stir, no, my wife. Similar. She's yeah. I could tell our personalities are similar, right? No, Vera, it's very Seth. You don't uh it, it's the day my wife will be like, she'll give you a list of this. She's like, I can't even with you anymore. She like doesn't want to tell me things. She's I'm like, I'm like, I find out from other people what's going on in her life. I was like, really? I was like, did she tell you that? She was she's like, she's like, stop talking about me. I go, well, I'm married to you. She's like, it's not your job to talk about me. I want people to know I will. I'm like, okay, well, uh, I mean, I, I need the things to talk about. I like to talk I, about people. I, I, we need a special. Uh, Wait, but my wife, so I've says, I, I like to ski, although I'm terrible, I'm not great at it. I like to ski and I love to go on a winter vacation. My wife's from Southern California. And the la- every time we're like, let's go on a ski vacation. She's like, if I'm leaving this state and we live in New York, she's like, I'm not going somewhere cold. I want to go on a warm vacation. I will never get her to a ski resort. I'm like, it's opera ski. You can just be like cozy by the fire. She's like, no, if there's not a pool and a beach, I want a pool. I want a, a Ritz Carlton somewhere. She's like, I don't want sharks. I don't want to be in the ocean. That's not like, that's the world. But I would love Salt Lake City, maybe in the summer because it looks beautiful. And oh. my in-laws, my in-laws now live in Boise, Idaho. So we're oh, trying wow. to figure out a, yeah, come to Park City. Well, uh, Park City looks amazing. It's beautiful. It looks beautiful. Incredible. Any time of year, we call that home now. We travel a ton, but we're yeah. like, 
let's well let, my wife has a, a retail store you know a boutique she's a designer yeah. on main street you can't miss it so we call that home and we travel all over and we feed our soul in park city and then we travel all over and then we come back and we get back to balance oh. in park city it's so that in the east coast uh, i would love to say long island new york port washington feeds nope. my soul it uh I think I feed the New York tax economy and the country and everything else, but we don't, our souls aren't getting fed here in the East coast. No, That's not, I look around my world. To do where I grew up hard to do. You got to find that place. Like you said, like where you have total, where are you, where are you originally from? Where did you grow up originally? My wife grew up right in Chicago. I grew up in Highland park, Illinois. So North. Oh, that's Shore. right. Highland park. That's right. That's by Chicago though. Yeah. About 30 yeah. minutes. Uh but we raised our kids in the city yep. um, and I never went back to, to the suburban life. You escaped because you found a real, you found a real city to live in. That's like, nice. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to end on a good note though. With, if we talk about what you did in the past 24 hours, think 24 hours, what would you say is your best dad moment that one, what, maybe what that you're proud of, or maybe one of your kids are proud of. What did you do in the last 24 hours? You're like, I nailed it. Well, they're all out of the house. So if I could, you know, they all, the two are in college and one's professional. And I've talked to all three in the last 24 hours and crazy. They have no idea I'm doing this podcast. That's and, huge though. But that's huge that you actually 24 hours that I mean, uh, uh, that that's, yes. a, that's an actual giant but having a job and everything else you're doing to talk to three of your kids in 24 hours. Yes. And I, I'm in Boulder, Colorado right now talking to you for parents weekend. And this is like the greatest thing in the world. These parents weekends, the fact that anybody debates ever going, don't, don't make it a weekend. Note to younger self. No, no, make, make it a parents week. A weekend, make it a fucking week. So wait, are you there? Are you there on a college? This is a college trip. One of your kids is in UC Boulder. Yes. So are you going to how many? Cause I have said this on other episodes. I would love, I cannot wait for my kids. I was not in a fraternity and sorority. I want to live vicariously through them. Is 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 your son or son or daughter in a fraternity or sorority, or no? Sorority daughter in a sorority. Are you going to those parties? Are you going to the sorority party? Beer pong. Uh, there has to be an episode of beer pong. There has to be some funneling going on. But, but I, part of what made me so hard to get attuned to myself is I was one of those frat guys. I was an SAE. Oh, oh, okay. I know. Yeah, yeah. So, I used to, we used to call them SA everyone. <laughs> Hey, but they are they are SAEs are everywhere. They're, yeah. they are, they're but they're good. That's a, okay. So so you you already been there, done that. You're like I I've already done too many keg stands. I don't yeah. even flip them upside down. Yeah, but yes, it's but when you get to that point where you can actually heart note to younger self, don't be your kid's best friend too early. Yeah. Right. And for me, I had such immature. I'm so immature. Right. That my wife was all alone at times being the disciplinarian, you know, and I was trying to be their friend and don't help your wife. Note to younger self, help your wife with the discipline, like be the be if aligned with her and don't undermine her by being soft. You know, yeah, that's yeah. A, no, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to uh, uh, put mommy or your partner in the corner. So you say, oh, you got to be cool with me. I do a lot of it. There was people like my family is excited. I'm like, can you choose who do you like better? You know you're secretly my kid. Mommy likes that one. I do that. It's terrible to pit your kids against each other, but I'm like, listen, it's life. I go to work and I get judged. We all get performance reviews. Everybody gets a performance review. Why can't you give your kids a performance review and say, guess what, this year, you know what? You're number one, you're number two, you're on the bottom. And my kids and my how, because you and Meredith can get together and you can rank your kids and say, I'm just going to tell you, as children, guess what? This is the one who's crushing it. Number yeah. one, you're crushing it. These two... This year, guess what? You failed. Why can't we give our kids report cards on how they are as kids? Yeah. No, I think, by the way, that's the real world, 100%. Like The real world. They have, every, listen, it's not like the world just, uh, money doesn't fall from a tree. You have to actually work, earn it. Uh, well, Seth, this has been incredible. Uh, you were so generous with your time. I 100% appreciate it. We'll definitely keep this conversation going. I appreciate it, man. I, I love this. I'm a huge believer in what you're doing, Vinny, with Danny and this like whole dad hard thing. This is a, I'm all in with it. Anything I can do to help the cause, consider me like on a one to 10, I'm a 12. Like it's crazy, but seriously, root cause to half this fucking world's problem are bad dads.
we could get one person to listen and go, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit better tomorrow as a father. I want to lean yes. in and I'm not afraid of fatherhood and I'm going to make it my own. Yes. You can't solve the world. We can't solve everything, but we can try to help one guy at a time. And that's thank to me you. what. Thank you for doing this and thank you for having me. And- Got to follow Seth Stock. Uh, it's not Overstock. It's Seth Stock. If, if it's yeah. not Overstock, it's Seth Stock. It's a better deal at Seth Stock. That's it's all free at Seth Stock. All three. So we're going to, we're, everybody's going to do it and we're all going to start. Uh, listening to those notes. Uh, right. So I love it. That's it. My final note to younger self, Vinny, I, since you like the, the F-bomb, I, I, have it, I, I had these shoes made custom at the Converse store in Soho, New York. It says, note to younger self, P-H-U-C-K, because they wouldn't spell it F-U-C-K. Oh, they of course. Oh, yeah. So I literally spelled it P-H-U-C-K with kindness. Note to younger self, fuck them up with kindness. Nice. That- I love it. I love it. I love it. With that, with that, we're going to, guys, we'll see you next episode. Thank you, Seth Stock. Thank you, Seth Marks. You're the man. Keep doing it. We're going to keep talking. I love it. Thank Thank you for listening to the Dad So Hard podcast. If you want to hear more and we're thrilled by this episode, but think, what did I miss? How do I, how do I hear more of this stuff? And I can't wait to next week. You can always go back to our old episodes and listen to them in our giant library. You can visit us at wearedadsohard.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Dad So Hard Podcast, or on Twitter, you Dad So Hard Pod. Uh, and if you want to reach out to us, please do not hesitate to send me an email at dadsohardpodcast at gmail.com. Danny and I are here. We are listening. We're excited. We cannot thank everybody for being part of Dad So Hard Nation. And we hope you guys have another wonderful day.